What's up, Ken folk? Welcome to the number one ranked show. I am your host, RJ Young. I am not on a step mill. Thank you for watching wherever it is that you consume the podcast, whether it be on Apple or Spotify for the audio version or on YouTube where you can see my smiling face. Today, we're going to talk with Cincinnati wide receiver Alec Pierce continuing our NFL draft interview series. In this interview, I talk with Alec about his time at Cincinnati, obviously, but we also talk about how he is one of the guys that was at the forefront of this outstanding run of winning that has happened underneath, uh, underneath excuse me, Luke Fickle and what he has taken away from his time, not just being one of the better wide receivers in Cincinnati, but also being a part of the first group of five program to receive an invitation to the college football playoff. If you've been watching this channel for any length of time, you know that I have been. Please expand the playoff, you cowards. Now, they didn't do that, but they did put an undefeated Cincinnati into the playoff. We talked about what he learned from playing against Alabama, why he went off against Notre Dame. Sorry, producer Tyler. And what he perhaps would like to do in the NFL, maybe play with Desmond Ritter. I will add there, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, looking pretty good, played in the Super Bowl, right? Might be something you want to keep up. Let's talk to Alec. I'm happy to be joined by former Cincinnati wide receiver and NFL draft hopeful Alec Pierce. Alec, how you doing? Good. How are you, RJ? I'm good, sir. I'm good. I want to start with the conversation around your NFL combine experience. I mean, it was outstanding. And I put together a winners and losers list and you were one of my winners because you were fast and you were so very, shall we say vertically inclined because before we started this, I had said, Billy Hoyle is picking, is looking at Alec Pierce and saying, Hey, look, see, it's not just me. Somebody yeah. tell Sidney Dean that it ain't just me. Yo man. How was that performance for you? And dunk on me if you would for the Sidney Dean reference. Yeah, no, I, that was, uh, it was awesome. You know, it was everything I'd been working for this past, you know, past couple months. Um, and yeah, no, that, that's kind of always been like a part of my life. I've always, I've always been someone that's turned ahead with jumping, especially like, like if I, even if I just go to the park or something like that, I play basketball, like dunking for me has always just been super easy. So, you know, like I definitely, I definitely can relate to that. Jump ball expert, Alec Pierce, who by the way, dropped 40 inches in the vertical like come on man like that's ridiculous I don't care who you are that's that's stupid I love that um were you actually the dude at the rec center that was or did y'all have the rule at the rec center where you can't dunk no we we could dunk here and let, we let it go yeah hey uh, two hands one hand what you doing a little bit of both no one hand two hand whatever see man I'm five foot five I, I don't know what that like <laughs> I just you know yeah. I'm wrestling. Lower it down, lower it down to eight. You know, get... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Um, all right. So what what NFL wide receivers do you think your game is most like? Or who do you model your game after? Uh, I love AJ Green's game. I think that's kind of a very, very good comparison because he's a guy that they used to like, you know, back in the Cincinnati days, especially they'd throw the ball up to him. But he's also a guy, you know. That's like got a huge catch radius, catch radius, and is able to like not only able to go up and get it over guys, but he also has that vertical speed and he can run by blow by you too. So that's kind of I think probably the best comparison and best guy I've like modeled my game after. 
I like AJ Green. It's also telling that when you said AJ Green, I thought about Georgia, right? Mm, and then yeah. you go to Cincinnati. So a, one age difference, but also I'm an Oklahoma guy, which should say yeah. that AJ Green was making my guy Kyler Murray look kind of good. Uh, mm. When you catch a football, are you paying attention to how tightly the laces are spinning? Are you paying attention to accuracy or are you just trying to go get the ball? Just trying to go get the ball. Sure. And in trying to go get the ball, is that instinctual for you? Or do you know where you want to be at the time that a route is breaking? Um, yeah, I mean, I got my landmarks, especially you know, on, on, on different types of routes on like depth and depths and stuff like that, because that helps me and the quarterback be on the same page. But especially for the jump balls, that's like very instinctual. You know, I think it just comes from playing a lot of different sports and, and doing a lot of different things growing up. And living above the rim, which I'm going right. to keep referring to because I'm <laughs> jealous. Um, <laughs> lastly, what separates you from wide receivers in this draft class? Um, I'd say, I'd say, you know, my catch radius, like you said, I, I, I was one of the taller guys and I got long arms. And then I also put on top of that, that vertical. So that right, that right there just equates to the biggest catch radius. And then, you know, I think, I think mentally, um, I'm really, I got a really high football IQ, um, something I pride myself in. You know, I, I tried to learn a lot of the offense, tried to like look at things from the quarterback's perspective and learn all the, all the positions and what everyone's got to do and what the reads are and stuff like that. So I think mentally I'm a guy that's going to be able to come in and comprehend complicate or comprehend the complicated playbooks that teams have in the NFL and just kind of be able to hit the ground running from, from day one. I would add in there that you faced, I think, in practice two of the best defensive backs yeah, in all of college that's, football. That's a great point. Yeah. Well, and what did you learn from playing against guys like Kobe and Sauce? Yeah. So for me, um, I always was against Sauce because that was like I played the boundary, he played the boundary. So just like learning from him, like he's just the he's the most the the most physical cornerback I ever played against in terms of like pressing and like he really wants to be up in your face and, and is really physical with his hands at the line. So it really taught me how to. Uh, can like go against press coverage and it just made the game so much easier because I was never getting pressed by a guy that like like him you know he's probably the biggest longest cornerback in this draft class if not you know playing football so like he just going against him every day and how like aggressive he was and it, it's just practice too so like he's not worried about like if I if I beat him deep it's not gonna be on sports center you know so like he he was out there you know super aggressive and it, I had to learn ways to combat that so how much of the trash talking and the begging for a flag are you doing in practice going, hey, coach, you see he got my jersey <laughs> over here. Come on, man. Yeah, we did a little bit. But, I mean, there's, there's no one to beg to. Like, my, my, my receiver coach wasn't wanna hear, didn't want to hear that. So, you know, it was, you know. No, hey, give me an yeah. example of what that looked like. Oh, I mean, we, we would have our days. like in, So we, we, are, we do our summer camp out in um, high ground Indiana. So it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere about 30 minute drive from Cincinnati. Um, and we'd have our days, you know, some days, some days he wins some, some days I win some, and some days we'd scrap a little bit, but it, it was all in good fun. And, you know, like we, we had a really good relationship where we were able to go at it. We were able to talk to each other and do all that, but then still be like cool after practice, you know? Nah, man, that's what's up. Like, one of the things I really enjoy about hearing these sorts of stories is the camaraderie, but also you feel like yeah. you can go at your guy just a little bit more than you might be able to go at somebody else. Cause you just don't know them. And there's not a, yeah. not be that opportunity to try to make up after the fact, but I need to ask outside of sauce, outside of Kobe, who is the best defensive back that you faced in your career at Cincinnati? 
Um, I I'd say probably my sophomore year we played against, we played up at Ohio State, and and Jeff Okuda was pretty good. He was he's just he's a really good athlete, man. He could he could cover. He had quick feet. You know, it was pretty fluid. So yeah, like it, that was a that was a tough matchup for me. But you know, our, our team kind of got we got killed. We didn't we didn't do too well in that game. So <laughs> it was like you know. Hey man, 2019 was hard for a lot of people, right? I mean, mm-hmm. look, uh, we're also talking about a guy that ended up going number three overall in the draft. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plus, I mean, look, is nobody's going to shade you for saying Jeff Okuda or Ohio State. But yeah. I also want to get in there because, like, you understand what it means to me physical because I was reading up on you, and you play a little linebacker freshman on a scout team. I want to know. You, yeah. still, you still around to hit people? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, you can put me in the box. I'll see what I can do. I mean, it might not look too pretty, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> no, I like hearing that. But it also speaks to the kind of uh, – philosophy that you have at Cincinnati because coach Fickle is a defensive-minded dude and y'all seem to play with a little bit of more grit a little bit more of a chip on your shoulder something to prove did you feel that in 2021 yeah for sure I think um we were always you know for us it was it was you know like we go into a team like Notre Dame and we're, we're ranked higher than teams but people are no one's expecting us to win like we're ranked higher and still teams and no one's expecting us to win people like always you know look at us as, as like as like a second tier program so things like that just kind of always gave us a chip on our shoulder and it really made us you know lock in and, and knew know what we had to do and what the opportunity we had to do like and showcase what we can what we can do at our school so like going out there for like that Notre Dame game Indiana game like those are huge opportunities for us and we, we took advantage of them yeah man people forget like when y'all were playing Indiana still what we thought of as a top 25 team right and yeah, then yeah. i'll never forget going into notre dame you're an underdog as the higher seed did i i understand that you're not paying attention to the spread but you obviously are hearing people are picking notre dame mm. how does that go down in your locker room what's practice like that week i mean practice was we had a little bit of extra motivation because i know guys were especially fired up on our defense because um they had they our defensive coordinator had left and gone there and like taken our, our, our corners coach was up there um, from years past. So co- they knew the coaches and they were, they weren't too happy that he left with, you know, I understand he left, like he got a you get a big pay bump and stuff like that. And he's, he's the head coach there now. So I'm happy for him, but um, yeah, that guys were super, super motivated that game and just knew like the opportunity he had. And another big thing is I don't think Notre Dame had lost at home in a long time, maybe like 20 some games. So that was just a, a great opportunity for us, and we just really took advantage of it. I need to point out uh, Coach Freeman, Marcus Freeman, defensive coordinator at Cincinnati before becoming the mm. defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, now the head coach at Notre Dame. And that dude just keeps running into people that just want a piece of him from where he's been. First Cincinnati, <laughs> this year he's going to get Ohio State. He went yeah. to Ohio State. It's going to be rough for him in them streets, especially if there's another you facing him. Because I need to point this out, dog. Like, you had a game at Notre Dame. Like I think you had six for a one forty four. What yeah, were you What right. were you feeling when you playing against those dudes, man? Man, they just they went to me. Uh, we, I think, uh, you know, I had some early catches and then finally broke through on the deep ball, and then they went back to me on another deep ball. So I had a I had a couple deep balls that game. Um, but just yeah, the offense, especially when we played like like teams like that that are a little bit you know physical, more physical, and can kind of match our style of play. That was when we really like turned to 
to me a lot of times to get an explosive play, you know. So, like, because just running the ball, like, we, we would run the ball against teams in our conference just fine and, and might not have to throw the ball on field. But that was, like, really always the time that we'd go to me. So, like, I always look forward to big games like that and just loved them because I knew it was going to be lots of opportunities for me to, like, make my impact on the game. It feels like an inflection point, not just for Cincinnati, but for you as you're leaving Cincinnati after what I think is the best three, four-year period in its history. What was it like to be on a team that kept winning over and over again and playing really good football against really good football teams who's continually overlooked and undervalued? Um, It was, you know, it was a blessing, you know, okay. Coming in Cincinnati, uh, when I committed here, they were four and eight. So, like coming in my first year, I was not expecting to win eleven games. Like that was that was really crazy. And then I think we won in eleven the next year, and then nine and one the next year in the COVID year, and then this year we just lost our final game of the year. So it was it was an unbelievable experience. And you know, I don't think I could have dreamed but dreamed all that happened happening. But um, yeah, for sure. Like you get with all that winning, like you gotta you got to keep in consideration, like winning is hard. And like all these teams that we play, like play against, like they're, they're on scholarship too. They get, they're on the same level as us. So like, you can't, you, you can't take for granted winning a game ever. And like, that's really what they had to get on us this year. Cause we had went on a little bit of a slump where we were like beating teams that, that people would say are inferior to us in our conference and only beating them and just kind of scraping by them. Uh, and our coach is just like, you know, like, hey, as long as we keep winning, like that's, that's all that matters at the end of the day um because it's hard it's winning's hard and teams are putting together they're throwing everything at us you know they were they were putting the whole game plan together like this was their season this was their Super Bowl was playing us I'm with you now I need to just preface this by saying I'm the guy that wants to see the playoff expanded to 16 teams I'm also Mm. the guy that says I can't fault I call you guys kids you're grown men I can't fault players for beating the people in front of them and if you can do that over and over again I believe you should earn an opportunity to play for the belt, right? And y'all yeah. finished last season as the only undefeated team in the regular season. I got to ask, do you have feelings about the college football playoff and whether or not it should be expanded, even as Cincinnati was the first group of five team to receive an invitation to the 14 playoff? Um, I think, I think with us getting the invite, uh, that showed like that they were considered a group of five teams. Um, so I think I was like, I don't know necessarily if they would need to expand it. I think it would be cool if they expanded it, but I also understand like that it, it's just going to put added games on the guys and the season's already pretty long at it, at it as what it is like 15 games for the, for the, if you go to the national championship. Um, so like making that 16, like, I, I don't know. It, it depends. And maybe, maybe they could take out the, Cause I don't think, I don't think they should take out like the conference championship games and stuff like that. But I feel like that, that was what would end up happening if they expanded the playoffs. No, I can get there. I can certainly get there with, uh, especially this understanding about what you guys have to do already. I'd also just mm-hmm. point to NFL. You're going to play 17 games, it's 15 games to win a national championship. I feel like there's some, some leeway in there that everybody can come to a solution that they mm-hmm. like, but I, I sincerely appreciate you giving me some insight into what you're feeling sure. as far as the games you have to play, but also the games you want to play. So to mm-hmm. that end, I need to ask, when you saw that Notre Dame was on the schedule, right, and you knew that you had an opportunity to play in the college football playoff, how much of the team was rooting for Notre Dame to be undefeated 
when y'all got a chance to play against them? Um, I don't know. I, I think maybe like after, like after we had beat them, I'm sure like, it was like, Oh, like liked them to keep, keep winning. Cause they did. And they were, it was nice. Cause like, I knew the committee was, they couldn't, they literally couldn't put them above us because like they were, if they would have done that, they would have been, the committee would have been crucified. Like it would have been, it would have been brutal. So like they, they couldn't have put them above us and they were always just ranked right behind us. So it kind of, it kind of gave me a little bit of comfort, but yeah, before we played them, like I was, I was more so like focused on like Indiana, you know, and, and like the games, like the now, like who we were playing, but like once we, after we played them, like, you know, You'd, you'd hear be like, oh, like Notre Dame won. I'm like, oh, that's that's good. Like, keep keep boosting our best win. Don't you worry about dunking on a committee. I I got them. I I can get to that rim. And, and they yeah. they know me in these streets. Like when it yeah. comes to Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, I don't care. I want to see the playoff expanded because I like seeing you guys play football. I like seeing winning sure. football played. Um, For sure. Another guy that had a great season, in particular, a great game at Notre Dame, but just throughout the season, Desmond Ritter. Would you be interested in playing with Desmond in the NFL? Oh, I'd love to play with Desmond. I mean, that's just that would just be a great advantage, I think, for both of us, like coming in and just having that that comfort with with one another already. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'd be great. You know, it'd be great to have a guy on the team that I'm already tight with like that. So yeah, I'd love it. I'm going to point out that Joe Burrow plays with Jamar Chase. It seems to be going pretty well right? We're seeing more quarterback wide receiver pairings that are in college coming to the NFL. And it seems like it's paying immediate dividends. Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. We're getting Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Waddle. Why not Desmond Ritter and Alec Pierce? Why not? So I'm an Oklahoma fan. I went to the University of Tulsa. So I had a rooting interest in Tulsa versus Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. I know how I felt at the end of that game. How did you feel at the end of that game? Relieved. I was. I felt relieved. That was. That's probably the one time I'd say I felt relieved at the end of a football game. But yeah, that that ending was crazy, and like for me, everything just felt so out of my control because it was all the defense, and they did. They just did a great job stepping up, and and like I mean, that was that was crazy. I don't know. If, I wonder if that's ever happened. And like they had what six plays maybe from inside the two-yard line, and we stopped them every time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was six. Yeah, and it was from inside the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. <laughs> but I also think it's a great opportunity for you to reflect on the strength of the American Conference because mm. when we think about the American Athletic Conference, we don't think of Tulane pushing Cincinnati or Tulsa pushing Cincinnati. We think in terms of Cincinnati more or less dominated in the league. How do you yeah. feel about the league from top to bottom? No, they're definitely like, I, I think especially like the, the teams that, I mean, people, people respect UCF a little bit, uh, like from a national perspective um, and like maybe like Houston, but like, I think the other teams, they should get a lot more love because like I said, like they, they still have the talent. They still are all on scholarship, stuff like that. So like, as you saw, like we get, we got played tough by Tulsa every year and it's, it's, it's like slowly becoming a rivalry of ours because like just of how, like how the games it's always a super chippy game um but yeah Tulsa Temple in the past um Navy played us played us super tough this year Tulane like there there's a lot of good teams in our in our conference that don't get a lot of credit like I'm I'm sure it's it's you know 
like if they were if they were in the SEC and going two and two or like three and nine or whatever, like the bottom two SEC teams, they'd be like, oh, like they're like they'd still try to say they're better. Like, you know, like they they try to people people always give the benefit of the doubt to the the power five team. So yeah, and we're seeing why that is, right? And more or less mm-hmm. not, and I'm pointing to why that is saying Cincinnati, Central Florida, Houston are going to join the Big 12 in, in the coming years. But I also think mm-hmm. it's a really interesting spot for teams like Tulsa, East Carolina, Tulane to try to demonstrate what kind of football program that they have and perhaps get on their Cincinnati because, as you mentioned, four and eight when you got there, right? Now we think yeah. of Cincinnati as being a 10 win team. Um, mm-hmm. Last question for you in regard to your time at Cincinnati is do you have a favorite Luke Fickle story that you can tell us? I think um, there's a, there's a couple of guys like that were getting into fights at practice, right? I think it was D lineman, O lineman getting in a fight at practice. And, and like Fickle was just not having it that day about guys fighting. Like he, he wanted them. To, I think it was a during seat during the season. So like he wanted us to be locked in. Like he wouldn't care if it's fall camp or, I mean, he, he would, he would take, he would take care of it, but it like, it wouldn't like piss him off. Like it did this time. Cause this is like during, like, it should be in the week we're focused. Like we should be focused on the opponent. Like we have work to do. We're not just like working to be better football players. So he, he got mad at um these guys for fighting basically. And like circled up the whole team and basically just calls the guys out. And he's like, you guys want to fight? Like you can, you can fight me. Like, let, like, let's go. <laughs> And he's like, he's like standing there calling him out. And the, guy, the players are just kind of like, like looking at him and like, they're like, like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't fight the coach. Like, <laughs> he's like, come on, like, you want to fight? Like, if you're a tough guy, like, come fight me. Like, let's, let's go. Like, it, it was, it was funny. Uh, it was just like, because the players, you know, they can't do anything. They, they know it's a lose lose situation at that point. So they're just going to look like they, they're scared of the coach, you know. But I mean, I think if they would have came at him, like, he would have fought, he would have fought him. He would have, he, he doesn't care. He loves it. He's a competitor, oh, man. I love that because, you know, Coach Fickle, you know, former linebacker at Ohio State, he got some stuff yeah. in his neck, I'm sure. Um, yeah. It reminds me of one of my favorite stories to tell about Coach Saban at Michigan State. He used to hand out boxing gloves. Like, oh, yeah. all right, if we're going to do this, then let's do this. But it also speaks to just how strong being strong is in your in the culture at Cincinnati because, I, again – I don't think of Cincinnati in the way that I think of, say, Tulsa in 2010, where we're just going to throw the ball all over the yard and going to outscore people. No, you guys are going to be physical. You're going to hit people in the yeah. mouth, and you're going to try to big boy folks. So Tough and nasty. Like, that's, that's our motto, tough and nasty. Well, and see, look, I'm watching the Alabama-Cincinnati game, right, in the Cotton Bowl mm-hmm. for the college football playoff. And the thing that really stuck to me is actually your homie Leonard Taylor, right? Mm-hmm who was lined up outside over a freshman named Quincy McKinstry, who at the time was one of the best cornerbacks in the country coming out of high school. And I kept looking at him, and he's looking over at, looked like Desmond going mouse in the house, right? Like, throw me the ball up. How much of this do you actually see on the sideline when you're going, okay, not only are can we play with these dudes, but some of us are much bigger than who they're putting on the field. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely noticed it, and it, it was – so credit, I think, to like the recruiting and in the like weight room, um, strength and conditioning staff. Like I, I could tell from like my first year to just how big our team got and big and strong, just from how hard we trained. Like we were, especially on some of the teams in our conference. Like we definitely had a, a big size advantage a lot of the time. 
as you're getting ready for this NFL draft, April 28th kicks off uh, a Thursday in April. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about yourself and about this process that you can share? Um, I mean, learn a lot, a lot from like all these, uh, these coaches, you know, things I need to work on, um, things like to, to become a better player. Um, and just, I just like learn with myself, like ways that I got to work to become better, like working as a pro. I know down in my training, my guy, my trainer, Yo Murphy, uh, he, he did a great job helping me get ready for the combine and stuff, but he really kind of taught me like smarter ways to work and like things I got to do. Like, cause I know I was coming straight off the season, coming straight off the cotton bowl when I went down to training there. So I wanted to hit the ground running. I, I'm like, let's like, like, let's start learning how to run the 40 stuff like that. All these things that I had to work on. And they, he was, he was all, he was like, no, you got to get your body ready. Like, and he would, he wouldn't let me do like really anything until I, I was like healthy. Cause I, you know, it's a long season. You get, you get a little banged up. Um, so yeah, I, I had to do a ton of uh, PT and stuff like that. And really kind of like, worked from the ground up and rebuilt myself till I was ready to go like for that training because he didn't want anything hold me back you know and I well, think that's a professional mindset it certainly worked dog like again the NFL mm. combine speaks for itself the results are there and then what you put on tape last year Alec Pierce former wide receiver at Cincinnati and NFL draft hopeful thank you so much for joining us here thanks for having me